Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And this is Bob Siegel. So, you'd like to believe in God, but you have a problem believing in a loving God sending people to hell. How could a loving God possibly do that? Well, my friend, I'm going to devote much longer shows. It's going to be a brief one today. I'm going to devote much longer shows to the subject of hell. It's uh, not exactly what you would imagine when studying this in the Bible. There is a real heaven. There is a real hell. And of course, this is very related to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that those who give their lives to Christ do not go to hell. And people have trouble with that, too. There's another whole program that I did a few weeks ago. You can still find it in the archives about how we can actually have the audacity of claiming that Jesus is the only way to to God. I would recommend you listen to that program. It's a great companion piece to this one. But right now, I want to go through a very brief viewpoint of hell because sometimes brevity can be effective. And when your old pal Bob decides to be brief as he's doing today, well, you should take note of it. So Christians often find themselves intimidated in the midst of conversations which challenge the credibility of the Bible, especially when the subject of hell is brought up. And this is certainly understandable. On a first glance, the idea of somebody spending eternity separated from God or from any good does indeed sound like the judgment of a vindictive deity. At the same time, I have found a response that invites skeptics to look beneath their own surface reactions. Observe the following sample conversation, and it's a conversation I've actually had many times. Now, I'm going to change my voice, but that's not to make fun of anybody with a caricature. It's just for you to follow the dialogue, actually. So I'm going to give this voice to my skeptical friend. They don't really sound like this, but just bear with me. Humor me for the moment. I simply cannot and will not believe in a God who would send people to hell. Well, what about heaven? I ask. How's that? Heaven. Can you believe in a God who would send people to heaven? Well, yeah, of course. All right, and who will God allow into heaven? Everybody. Everybody? Racists are going to heaven. Murderers are going to heaven. How about rapists? Will Adolf Hitler be going to heaven? Sure doesn't sound like much of a heaven. Isn't heaven a place free from people who would harm us at the very least? Isn't heaven that? Well, yeah, okay. I I guess not everybody will be in heaven. All right, then where do the other people go? Doesn't God seem more just and therefore more loving to not allow human beings to get away with evil without some kind of accountability? Yeah, I suppose. All right. And then what about the fact that all of us in our hearts have harbored evil thoughts, thoughts of unprovoked anger, bitterness, selfishness? You see, my friends, when all is said and done, a loving God will either find a way to forgive us for the fact that we have all sinned and deliver us from this sin or banish forever from his presence those uninterested in taking responsibility for the evil side of their natures. Make no mistake. A loving God places people in both heaven and hell. And then, of course, like I said, this gets into the idea that, well, actually, we all deserve to go to hell, but God wants to forgive all of us, but we still have to make it a point to accept Christ, turn from our sins. So this leads to another interesting conversation that I've had often with people. And this question goes something like this. They say to me, can't I accept Christ on my deathbed? College students bring this up to me frequently. Won't all of my sins be forgiven at that time? Sometimes they even cite 
biblical examples. I love it when people who don't plan to follow the Bible and who are trying to get around becoming Christians start quoting the Bible to Christians. It's a little disingenuous, but hey, again, we're all in this together, right? We're all sinful, right? But anyway, they'll cite some biblical example, and they'd like to go to the one about the thief on the cross. And it's a very interesting passage. It shows a lot about the love and mercy of God. This thief on the cross next to Jesus, who was also being crucified, who repented, turned from his sins. That's what repentance means. And then he heard Jesus promise that he would go into paradise that day. Paradise was another way of saying heaven in those days. I'm reading here from Luke chapter 23, where this incident can be found. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, okay, I, I love that passage. Let me say that again. I love that passage. It says so much about the heart of Jesus, who was God incarnate. It says so much about the compassion of God. But what bothers me about the usage of this illustration in the context of somebody trying to ask if he should wait till his deathbed, or more correctly put, if he could wait till his deathbed, is he going to get away with that? What bothers me is that it's disingenuous. Yes, of course, it's a real conversation. Jesus did say that to the thief, but we must keep a few things in mind. First, this crucified criminal had not planned the conversation in advance. He lived his life without any intention of repenting and was undoubtedly unprepared to find himself so taken with Jesus that he felt sudden remorse. In his mind, asking forgiveness was a long shot. I'm sure he was quite surprised at the mercy Jesus quickly and freely offered him. I am also convinced that if this thief had survived, he would have served Christ for the remainder of his days. I do not see that same kind of sincerity behind those who inquire about deathbed conversions. Look, theological accuracy is important to me, but so is integrity when one approaches a God who knows our true motives. But I believe I came up with an effective answer to this earnest question, one that honors proper theology while challenging motives at the same time. Guy says, can't I accept Christ on my deathbed? I said, sure. Yeah, you can accept Christ on your deathbed, assuming you die in bed, assuming you don't die today by being hit with a car or something. Oh, it's fun to see the sudden changed expression on the student's face. This is Bob Siegel, making the obvious obvious. Have a great weekend. I'll see you with another show on Monday. <laughs>